Welcome to Freedom to Choose from Just As I Am Ministries, a nonprofit providing hope to those caught in the devastation of addiction or who are searching for a better way to live. In this series, The Life, you'll study the life of Jesus. Who is he? What is he really like? Does he care about me? Rich and Susan Collenberg are a husband and wife team who found freedom over two decades ago from their lives of drug addiction and alcoholism. They found biblical answers and now share their experience of freedom on Freedom to Choose. Hello, everyone. My name is Rich Collenberg. And my name is Susan Collenberg. And welcome to Freedom to Choose. And we're on program number 68 in the series The Life. And it is called, what is it called? Why do we hide? Why do we hide, Susan? Because we're afraid. Because we're afraid, aren't we? Right. We're afraid. We're, we're afraid, scared little boys and girls. And so... That's why we hide. And so um, last time we talked about a um, about being living stones and the chief cornerstone, and we kind of want to pick up on that a little bit. Before we get going, Susan, would you, uh, she's holding her hands together, reminding me, it's time for a prayer. Would yes. you? Thank you. Lord, thank you so much for the uh, privilege we have to come together and to discuss your character and our characters and where the disconnect is. And we just pray now that you will help us to better understand all that you're doing in our lives to draw us close to you. And we thank you in advance in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, so last time we were talking about Jesus being the foundation and love being the, the foundation because uh, God is love and Jesus is God and Jesus is the cornerstone. Therefore love is the cornerstone. And so we want to build on that a little bit um, and as we get going and as we dive into this thing, um, we're going to ask a couple questions that a lot of people ask. We hear it asked. You know, we get a lot of calls, and they ask, uh, like, uh, what about someone who doesn't believe in Jim- Jesus simply because the Jesus that's presented in a lot of churches, can God still work with them? I think God works in in everybody's life. I think the Bible says that he gives a measure of faith to everyone. I was just talking to someone earlier today, and we were discussing how the, um, uh, you know, just because someone isn't um, a quote-unquote person of religion or maybe they're a Eastern religion or whatever they may be, I was just talking about our neighbor and how out of the love and and just a desire to be helpful, you know, they've reached out to us. I had I and have brought us food, you know, when Susan it, tripped over a computer cord. I we had did. to go get some x rays yes. and she's been in a walker and we have a neighbor <laughs> across the street the well, my sister has brought food out and right. we uh, And we have and this other this other neighbor that, across the creek that has brought two dinners that have lasted three nights each and so you know we're just that's what it's it's all about people is is she you know caring for someone else they have ministered to us in a time where you know it's been kind of hard because i'm having a little bit you know nothing's broken which is wonderful but i got have some pulled ligaments and muscles and who knows what so it's difficult to walk and to to have somebody who you know on a you know, I've helped her out a little bit. She's helped me out a little bit. But to um, 
to know on that level and to recognize that, man, she, without even asking or saying anything or responding to it. She just rolls in. She's like, I'm on my way with a meal. And it's like, what? And she shows up and- She says, Susan didn't answer my text, so here's here's dinner. Here's dinner. And it's Uh, it's such a, it's encouraged me to be more loving to people as well. You know what I mean? James says that's what true religion is. Right. In your actions. In your actions. Seeing when someone else is in need- because believe it or not, we are all in need right. all the time. Right. And someone being able to to be that sensitive to know, okay, I can do this. And, and it's just, uh, you know. Well, and it's, it's interesting it, because she heard of somebody was doing some work on my property, and they went over to her property and mentioned and said, I don't know what's going on with Susan, but she's like really hurt. And that night— she she rolls she, in with she's this. like I have soup for you that I made especially for you and it you know I I think that that's part of the healing process for me I think that's why I'm doing as well as I'm doing is that you know I've had this this beautiful person come and just bless us and help yeah. us and it's um I think that that is definitely the language of heaven mm-hmm. is doing for other people when they when they need help. Well, however yeah. that may be. Well, and I think the big danger right now is we all have the busies. Right. See, this is kind of how it used to be before mm-hmm. cell phones and computers and everything was, you know, you bought a new house, 15 people showed up for a housewarming, and they brought you stuff and gifts and everything. I have not heard of a housewarming in years. Right. Um, and it's the same thing. Someone got sick, and of course, we're from a small town, but people would show up on a regular basis and and... You know, you just kind of, I mean, you see it, but you don't. Right. And I and I was talking to someone else that I work with as well, and I was talking to her, and she was saying, well, she lived in China, and she said that was kind of the culture there. I'm wondering if it's culture. And I don't think that it is, quote, unquote, culture. I think it's the age of of where we're at in Earth's history, it seems like. It seems like we've gone from a care for your neighbor to snub your neighbor and make sure you've got on your own and and or you're afraid of your neighbor so you're just going to keep to yourself and i think yeah, that we it, as a as a nation as a world we've lost a lot we've become more divisive right and yeah. instead of instead of you know being able to be inclusive and to be caring and loving to you people know, when it presents its the situation and i don't even know if it is that way i don't know if it's presented on the news that way but down at the ground level, there's a lot of people that really care for a lot of oh, other yes, people. Oh, yes, absolutely. And so I think at, at street level, I think this there's still a lot of healthy people out there. Absolutely. Um, but you, you just see a lot of division being sown uh, in the media, and I don't know. And sometimes we can allow that to be our reality, but the reality is, is you know, we're, we're grateful because we still live in that small town, and so we still have a lot of connections with a lot of people on a on a regular basis, and and so, you know, I think that it's a good reminder to say, well, what am, what have I done lately, right? Mm-hmm. What am I doing? So one of the things I did is I was able to go and um, pick some olives mm-hmm. and go through the whole, it's something that I w- had experienced when I was a kid of having cured olives and it has always brought like a really good hometown feeling to me. Yeah. And so I'm doing that and in the process of that and then giving them out to people, mm-hmm. you know, just to share and say, and I know it sounds kind of silly, but I think that's the kind of stuff that's missing that's what, now. That's healing, you know? to, that's healing to the mind. Yeah. That kind of stuff. 
because we get the busies, yeah. we get our own agenda, and we don't have and time. We're too to, tired to do anything. Yeah, we don't have time to do anything for anybody else because we're so busy with our own agenda. Right. And um, you know, so you know, back to the question: Can somebody um, who doesn't quote unquote believe in a certain church's picture of God uh, can they be all right with God? And one of my questions. One of my questions always is, well, if you don't believe in God, tell me about the God you don't believe in. Because mm-hmm. nine times out of ten, I'm not going to believe in, believe in him either. You know, like the, the legal picture of God that's painted out there, that sin is a legal problem, and we just need acquittal. And if we could just get acquit- acquitted, God won't have to punish us. Well, see, God doesn't punish sin. Sin punishes sin. You don't get away with sin. It causes brain damage, and if we persist in selfish, exploitive activities and thoughts, we will place ourselves out of harmony, so out of harmony with God, that we will lose the very capacity to love. And in the end, God's presence will be, that presence of love, that brightness will be to those out of harmony as a consuming fire, to everyone who's out of harmony with love." And, and we've talked about how Satan has come into this world and he's flipped everything upside down. So instead of, of saying the truth that sin is what kills, Sin's the problem. we say that God is the is, problem. Is the problem. And, and so we have everything is flipped on its end. And so therefore, if you think God's the problem, well, you're the last, he's the last person that you're going to go run to when, you, when you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so the whole purpose of Jesus coming was so that he could show us that God's gift is the, is is the gift of life that yeah. God gave God loved us so much that he gave his son so he that, was the one that sacrificed right, so that's that, so that we wouldn't perish yeah. right he yeah. said I, I'm giving so that you don't have to die yeah yeah the wages right the wages of sin is death and so there's no third option we you know yeah. in john 3:16 you have either the wages of sin is death or the gift of god is eternal life yeah and so it's our choice and so many people were so confused thinking that god is out to get us that god can't stand us because we sin he can't be in our presence because we've sinned you know all these things all these characteristics that we've assigned to god are really the characteristics of satan mhm and we've turned people away from God. We've turned them away. The two options are, in John three sixteen. what? They should not perish, but have everlasting life. Right. There's two options, perishing or everlasting life. Right. There's no third option. Um, if you read Isaiah 33, it will actually talk about who is standing in that fire, and it's the righteous. That stand right. and it's it's life giving. Right. It's pure, unadulterated love. Right. And those that place themselves voluntarily so out of harmony with God and the way His universe works, it will that life giving consuming fire. Yeah, that life giving right. glory will then be a consuming fire. And God does not want to see that happen to anyone. So what does He do? He allows His creation to nail Him on the cross. He forgives them and says, "I'm not here to harm you." Right. I am not here. There's no reason to be afraid of me. Look at me. I will I will hang on a cross naked to show you that I will not harm you. Mm-hmm. That I'm I, that I I love you that much that I want you that bad and that I am a sacrificial god, not a not a bookkeeping god, not mm-hmm. a god keeping score, not a legal god. 
You've broken trust with me. Let's restore that trust. Mm-hmm. Just like a marriage relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, when you do something to harm your spouse, and I've done some things that have hurt Susan, uh, you know, and, and so it, there's there's it's like you could cut the, the air with a knife mm. because you've when you do that, you you caught you you harm someone. It doesn't feel right. It's not right. And so it it's a disconnect between the two parties. Normally you're united and you're together and the same purpose and the same thing. And then if something comes between you, then it's like you're on two different paths. Two different paths. And and, and, and so I I always, when I pull those kind of stunts, I just yearn for, no, I got to be one with her. I cannot, I can't go around this house with this fog and... (laughs) You know, I mean, right. I would, I'll admit part of it's selfish because I don't like to feel that way. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But no, that's the honest to God truth. It's not right to be separated from her. And it's the same thing with, with God. God. With Even God. Even more it so does with not, God, right? Right. Yeah. And he doesn't like it either. Right. But he knows that the only way to restore that connection is get it out in the open. Right. I can't restore a connection with Susan if I harm her by not getting it out in the open and just let her, you know, you know she'll be all right. She'll get over it. You know, nobody gets over that kind of stuff right. unless you get it out in the open, own what you own, mm-hmm. and that's all God w- wants us to do is just own it. Mm-hmm. Own the whole thing, own it, give it to him and say, yeah, this is this is a defect I have, God. I got a hair trigger. I say things I'm not supposed to say, or I, I, I do a lot of selfish things, God, and this is one of my downfalls. Can you, you know, I need you to come into my life. I can see it. But I can't fix it. Right. And then there's so much that that there are no answers to. You know, God, why is there so much pain and suffering in the world? And God's like, I know that there is, but I can't can't give you, you know, I can only explain to you that there's an enemy that desires your death, even though I desire your life. And I can't help you to see everything. See the whole picture. Because it's almost incomprehensible. Mm -hmm. Because I know that a lot of it, and I know that I went through a large portion of my life blaming God Mm -hmm. for allowing things to happen to me that he could have prevented. Mm -hmm. But you have to think now, as the picture's gotten bigger, whose choice does he take away? Right. He doesn't take away anybody's choice. He doesn't take anybody's choice away. Because if he starts to do that, then he's a manipulator. He's a manipulator, and he has robots saying, I love you, God, because you take care of me. Right, and so instead of looking at God and saying, but God, you allowed this to happen, God is saying, I know, and I cried, and it pained me to see you go through this. Sure. He said, I was right next to you. I didn't want this to happen, but there was, you know, there's there's a limit to how he can— how he cannot control people. Yeah, he will not interfere. He will not interfere with your power to choose. So I think that sometimes that can be um, how we as human beings can get the incorrect picture of God. You know, you can look at God and you can say, God, is this really the best you have to offer? Because you know what? If this is it, then I don't know if I want a part of eternity if with you, you. If Yeah, if you're looking at if he's a controlling and a manipulator, there's one thing that God cannot do, and that is save someone that does not want to be saved. Right. He cannot build a relationship with someone that does not want a relationship with him. He will not be a manipulating God. He will not stick a computer chip in your brain so that you do exactly what he says, and every time he asks you if you love him, he, you you say, yes, God, I love you. That That is God loving himself through that's a selfish God. Right. But I think, I think I'm talking about more of, of seeing the pain and the destruction in this world and saying, but God, you could have done something better. And I think that um, as we mature, maybe we have, um, you know, I think God wants us to have a better understanding that 
you know, he is just like any other parent. He doesn't desire that his children are hurt, but because we're on a sinful planet, because the planet is broken, that, that there is going to be pain, but it's not from a desire that he wants to inflict that pain right. upon you. Right. And it's, see, I think that that's why people get the wrong picture of God, because they're like, well, why would he allow this then? Right? Exactly. Why is, why is God allowing? Right. And there's a, there's a much bigger picture, uh, basically what he's showing, and we're caught up in it, right. and it's dangerous, but right. what he's showing to the entire universe is what a planet looks like when it's under Satan's rule. And it has to be done because Satan, remember, Satan took one-third of God's children from heaven. He deceived one-third of them, saying he could run the show better. So the devil is here running right. the show. Right, And we have uh, taken the bait. Right. Hook, line, and sinker. Well, and our own selfish nature have played right into played it Played right well. into it. You know, it's not, it's not just Satan on his own. It's human beings that are, you know, we, we have that bent towards selfishness that, you know, wants to to drive us to to be fearful and to look out only for ourselves, regardless of how it affects other people. Yeah, and so there will come a time. What what does the saying say? If it doesn't look good, you know, it always turns out good at the end of the story. So right. if it doesn't look good right now, it's not the end of the story. Right. Right. The end of the story is we will all stand in that life giving glory, that life giving fire. And if you read Daniel chapter seven, the scene of God's throne room, it's rivers of fire, and the heavenly host are standing there, and they're bathed in this life giving glory. But to the selfish, it's it's a consuming fire, the everlasting burnings is the very presence of God. And those who are in harmony with him will be bathed in that life-giving glory. That, and, it, and this is what God, re, he wants for everyone so bad. If we could get this picture of him, that all he wants is for you to be healed and to restore a connection with him and give everything to him so that that, that trust can be restored between both of us because we're the ones that broke trust with him. Right. We, we've broken trust with him, and we run and we hide, and we go to other gods. It's that simple. Right. Right, because, so back to the Bible, to him who stumbles at the word of being disobedient, Christ is a rock of defense. And so I think that has to do with, um, you know, there's times in our lives where, you know, it's we don't ever want to take accountability. So, right. So, you know, we want, want to be Teflon man and blame it on somebody else. And, and Jesus isn't doing it to us. It's what we're doing right. that causes the, the acknowledgement of our errors. Yeah. And we don't want to humble ourselves. And, and I mean, it's hard enough to let something come into your own mind that you've done something wrong. It's even harder to voice it to God or right. to, to another person. Right. It, it, for some reason it's, and it's a humbling experience, but this is what restores us back to becoming a living stone. Mm -hmm. Like the rejected stone, Jesus, on his mission here on earth, took neglect, he took abuse, he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, but he was despised, and we esteemed him not, Isaiah 53, 3. But the time was near when he would be glorified. By the resurrection from the dead, he would be declared the Son of God with power, Romans chapter 1 verse 4. And so we know it's not the end of the story because at the end of the story all turns out good, very good. So once again, back to our question, 
can a person that does not believe in a, in in the exact same God that someone else believes in? Well, no one has the perfect picture of God. Mm-hmm. So you know, because right. that's kind of that's kind of the question that we had brought up. Or you know, because. We do that. We go around judging, well, they don't, they're not of this religion, so they can't be saved, or they're not of this religion, so they can't be saved. Um, no one has the exact perfect picture of God. We, we all look through a different, twisted lens, and, and, so, and we all hide from God. Right. So how do we hide from God? Uh, you know, we can crawl into the phone or into a job or uh, turn to drugs or alcohol or— um, to have affections for um, for things that we shouldn't be, or um, you know, there's just all kinds of ways. There's shopping fixes and power fixes and having a better house. And Why do they call them fixes? Because they, they temporarily fix things, right? But they shouldn't call them fixes no, because it's really not a fix. They it's don't a, fix anything. No, it they just do it not. makes things worse, and um, it's it's what we do to replace and to avoid God. And it's because we've broken that trust relationship with him. So sin is that breach of trust, and, and that's all it is. That's all it is. And you know what? Because down at ground level, once again, sin is the exploitation of another person for personal gain. We don't think of gossip so much as personal gain, but that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. See, there's a, there's a sick payoff when we judge others. And so gossip is exactly... Right, because we feel def- better about ourselves. We feel better about ourselves when we put someone else down, and that is the exploitation of another for personal gain. And so we will judge, it will make us feel more righteous, and we love to do that, and that is not the chief cornerstone. Right. If we look at the legal picture um, that is painted of God, is that sin is a legal problem, and we just need to be acquitted. And if we can just get acquitted, God won't have to punish us. So God doesn't punish sin. We know that sin punishes sin, and you don't get away from sin. You don't sin. get away with sin. It you know, causes brain damage. Yeah, you can't be, you can't be afraid of what God's going to do to you. We have to be afraid of what sin does to us. Yep. Because yeah. God's, God's going to allow the, the, the fate to come, and so he's not executing judgment in order to punish us. It's sin that punishes this us. Is, this is Recovery 101. Right. Recovery 101 is just that, is you restore a right relationship with God and your fellow human beings, and then you can live. I don't have a drug problem. I have a sober problem. Right. And so for an alcoholic or a a drug addict to sit and live inside their own skin sober and be okay with themselves, all these relationships and everybody that we've heard and everybody that we've exploited, including God, has to be restored. Mm -hmm. And when we do that, it's hard work. It's humbling work. It's work to get everything out in the open and to be able to look at at you and your part in everything at face value. It's and as the big book says, it's a fact searching, fact finding. You're looking at facts, and and it's a, it can be a lifelong fact uh, it, finding it, oh, mission. You, better you know believe what I mean? It. Because there's always something lurking in the personality, and you're like, wow, where did that come? Where from? Where did that come from? And it's like, oh, don't worry, it's it's deep rooted, but it's still there. There is some there's some very deep deep rooted stuff in all of us, right? You know, and um, I was walking with a, w- one of my friends today at lunch, and we were talking about something that that had happened a long time ago, 
and it causes a knee-jerk reaction in me, and and there it is, right. you know, and it, it, it there it is. It's a it's a a trait that happened a long, long time was picked up or you know acquired uh, acquired and, a long, long time and ago cultivated. and cultivated throughout my addiction. And then, you know, you get clean and sober, and that's 25 years later, it's still there. It's that little five-year-old boy, you know, wanting his own way. Right. And, and it's just 25 years clean and sober. But but being able to see that and to understand that that's a character flaw, flaw that I have that's keeping me separated from God, the only way to get healed is to go to God and, and continually talk about it and give it to him and take those steps to clear that up. Right. Whatever that issue be. Mm-hmm. We have to wrap it up again, folks. Um, so remember, there's only two ways to live your life. One is like nothing's a miracle. The other is like everything is a miracle, and you have the freedom to choose. Do I love my neighbor? Thank you for listening to Freedom to Choose. There is truly hope for people whose lives seem to be overrun with problems, unhealthy relationships, or even imprisoned by some form of addiction. Rich and Susan Collenberg are living testimonials that biblical principles do work. They've authored resources available to move those you love toward freedom. If you'd like to order the Addiction Recovery Workbook, Seven Steps to Freedom, or the book, Could it be this simple, the way out of your prison? Please call Rich and Susan at 916-645-1297 or go to justasiamministries.com. As a nonprofit, they are supported by people like you. 916-645-1297 or justasiamministries.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you.